Shavuot Tov, everyone. This week on Tuesday, Be'ezrat Hashem will be Rosh Chodesh. It will also be the first day, Daf Be'ez in Maseches Yoma, which will be Be'ezrat Hashem learning today. Le'ilin Ashmas, as always, Rosh Chaim Zev Melinowitz, Halevi Zatzal, and also Rav Nassan Tzvi Ben Moshe, Leiter Zatzal, who was Nifter um, recently, Zaman Dov's father, Rav Nassan Tzvi Ben Moshe, and Maseches um, Yuma. Uh, is a reflection of his um, seriousness with which he regarded basic Knesses and Tefillah and uh, particularly Yom Naraim. And so it's a schos really for us to learn it. May their neshamos have an aliyah and may we be zocha to share smachot and the ultimate Yeshua together. Now, we're learning, I prepared this on Shabbos um, a little bit. Learned it with Birnbaum a little bit and he comes with a Maseches Rosh Hashanah and a Maseches Yuma in the unlikely event that the next Maseches after Shkalim is Yoma. He said that in his set, which is the Vilna Shas, um, it has Rosh Hashanah and then Suk- and then Yoma and then Sukkah in the order of the year, the way you'd expect it. And yet, the Ramam and his parish from Mishnayas follows the order of the Mishnayas, which makes sense because it's the order of the Mishnahis, and that is what Rav Meir Shapiro, when he instituted Zatzal the uh, Dafyomi, followed. And the question is why? One answer we saw, Rav Mordechai Kornfeld from Kol Ilya Nadaf says, oh, because the number of prakim goes from the Masechtas with the most prakim, happens to be that Shkalim has eight, and Yoma has eight. Uh, Rosh Hashanah and Sukkah, I think, each have five, and so... Whatever the order is over there, the we're going to be learning um, Yoma and then Sukkah, which I think has five. And then after that, we'll learn Rosh Hashanah, which I think also has five. And then we're going to be learning, uh, I believe, Tainus, which has four. Not the most satisfying answer, if we're being honest, right? Like, is that really, what's the, what's the secret to that particular uh, organization? Um, as far as order of, pro- of number of Prakim, why would that be more important than, let's say, the order of the uh, calendar, right? So that, that's, that's question number one. We don't know uh, a great answer to it, but be that as it may, we certainly want to follow one of the advantages of Dafyomi is to follow the actual uh, calendar, everyone together. So on Tuesday, Bezat Shem will be Rosh Chodesh, second day of Rosh Chodesh, um, and we will be starting Masech Yuma. Doing this, uh, recording is a little bit early because I will... Uh, even though I'll probably be around, I will have arrived very late the night before. Andrew is also going to be away, so Bezrat Hashem, uh, we're going to get a head start. And so by Wednesday, we'll be live, Bezrat Hashem, in Bnei Jacob Shara Zion. Another thing you might ask is, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkah, that's what we call those holidays. Yoma is, what is Yoma? We call it Yom Kippur, or Yom HaKippurim, but not Yoma with an Aleph. So that's in Aramaic. The question is probably... Uh, more famous and maybe even better than the answer. I don't know the exact answer. So a couple of answers um, having to do with how incredibly uh, powerful the day is and the, how incredibly important it was for people to understand that. And you have to understand that this is Talmud Bavli. We were learning Masechah Shkalim, which was Yerushalmi. Now they're back in Bavli. It's very important for the people in Bavli to understand in their own language that Yoma, that Yoma Kippurim was the day. Um, the Day of Atonement, the prominence of that day is something we'll be discussing. It's, as we said, eight prakim, the first seven of which discuss really the Avodas Yom Kippurim of the Kohen Gadol. Uh, amazing um, 
Amazing uh, details that we'll learn with regard to Karbanas. And Bezat Hashem will be able to organize it all and to understand it in the context of other Karbanas. And um, it'll give us a good sense also. We were mentioning this. This was something that I speculated with Rabbi Stengel. When we were talking about why Yoma follows Shkalim. At the end of Shkalim, we quoted a lot of Inyanim having to do with the base of Mikdash. It learns that we learned, looked like we were, felt like we were learning either Masechus Yuma or Masechus uh, Midos. We were learning the dimensions and the locations and the various um, functions of different areas, uh, entrances and other areas of the Shulchan and the Menorah and other parts of the Eichel and the base of Mikdash. And so Yoma really uh, discusses a lot of those uh, issues along the way. So in that sense, it is a natural continuation indeed. And so for us, it makes sense that we're learning Masechus Yuma. Also, that question of why it appears where it does, obviously, um, was has been around for many years, but that's only because they were not aware of our cycle of Dafyomi, which has been remarkably replete with calendrical coincidences. And today's is no different, because after all, our uh, Masechus begins with the following discussion, that the first preparation in the days preceding Yom Kippur, chronologically, are the separation of the Kohen Gadol seven days before Yom Kippur. Now, when did that happen, seven days before Yom Kippur? Well, all of this is based on Psukim and Achrimos. And Achrimos was immediately following the death of Nadav and Aviu, which we read in this week's Torah portion. The actual, right, in Parsha Shemini is the episodes leading, the preparation of the seven days leading up to the original uh, right, the original Karbanos um, uh, uh, and inauguration in the right in the Mishkan. That is, in fact, the basis of the beginning of our Masechta. So, without further ado, we will make these we will make these comparisons right away. We say So, certainly, that which is mentioned in our very Mishnah, right, is going to be a reference to all of these things that went on. And so the seven day of separation, which happens right uh, in advance of Yom Kippur, was in fact what was happening in the Imeami Luim. And so right away we have our first calendrical coincidence before we even read the first Mishnah. But without further ado, let's read what goes on in preparation in the days of Beis HaMikdash. May we see those, base, those days very soon. Says the Mishnah, Shivas Yomim Kodim Yom Kippur, Afrishim Kohen Gadol First thing that they did was quarantine the Kohen Gadol, calendrical coincidence, from his house. But not for viral reasons, but rather, um, where was the quarantine taking place? Some call it Palhedron, some call it Parhedron. It's a certain chamber. We will discuss the location of that chamber, and that's where his quarantine takes place seven days before Yom Kippur. Not only that, but they prepare for him another substitute. Simon Wolf points out, we will see you later in the Gemara as well, this substitute was also to keep him on his toes, despite the real uh, lack of likelihood, right? Very unlikely that uh, this coin will have to be uh, substituted for. Certainly knowing, and this is a Garanowitz Musser moment, knowing that you have somebody else coming in the wing is, uh, should be a motivation of some sort to uh, keep you on your toes. Yukon Gadol knows he can be replaced at any moment. Nobody is irreplaceable. And when you know that you're not replaceable, um, sometimes, or rather, when you know that you are replaceable, that there's somebody waiting in the wings to replace you, 
This is applicable in business, it's applicable in sports, it's applicable in life, and we apply it to, and, um, or get, maybe get it from this idea of the Beis HaMikdash also, that we bring a coin, Gadol Tachtov Shemayir Erbapsul. Were this coin Gadol to become disqualified in some way and become Tamei, there would be another Kohen, a backup, if you will, uh, waiting in the wings. That is the beginning of the Mishnah. That is the Tanakhama. Rabbi Huda says that we add, not only do we have another coin Gadol, but a shocking a shocking assertion of one other backup that we have as follows. Says Rabbi Huda, Af isha acheres maskininlo. They prepare for him another wife. This is, this is complex. This is old school, old, different times. What, you set for him up a separate a wife? Why is that? Shema Thomas isha shenema v'chiper ba'ado v'ad beiso. Well, this parachatas, uh, which Aaron brought, well, we're going to also be bringing in the Beis HaMikdash, and it's a kapara. Now, the Pasuk says, beso. The kapara is not only for the individual, but also for his home. And what is beso, says the Mishnah? Beso zu ishto. Beso means his wife. We know that, that the bais, the akeras bais, is the wife. So, on one hand, it's the least, right, uh, PC gemara as far as, right, progressive feminism, uh, because we have the backup wife to, to the wife. So, um, on the other hand, it is an homage to the women without, what is Beso? Beso is Ishto. Without a bias and an Isha, the Kohen Gadol is worthless. We cannot perform the Avoda without a wife. And so, uh, in that sense, it really brings up the importance and vital prominence of the, of the, of the Isha in the, uh, in the Jewish uh, family, in the life, and in the life of the Kohen Gadol, he cannot do it if he's not married. A lot, of, a lot to say here. But one of, the, uh, one of the challenging things that the Gemara deals with is, how are you actually going to implement this? He already has a wife. Who is this backup wife? And are they going to even know who the... Are we going to know who this person is? How are we going to set her up? What's the conversation like? The, the, mechan- the, right, the mechanics of this are fascinating, and the Gemara will uh, discuss it later. But be that as it may, in terms of philoso- um, uh, philosophically, I guess you could say, or theoretically, I was thinking, Rabbi Huda is talking about the idea that just like the coin himself can become puzzle and therefore needs a backup, we can't go, in other words, we're not, we can't take any chances. We can't go through Yom Kippur. It's all, all of the Avodah is done by the coin Gadol, as we will see. Uh, it, this is so true that the Avodah Sayom is reserved for the Kohen Gadol that, for example, in the very first Shechita that he does, he does a Shechita in the morning on the Korban Talmud, and he has to also collect the blood, right? The same person has to do both. So in order to accommodate that, he's going to do a partial Shechita, so to speak. Not a partial, a halachically full Shechita, but only do basically Rov Konavaveshas. He's going to do most of the, of the incision, but and will come up. And we'll see, somebody else is going to have to finish that off. Once he does a shear of shkita that's sufficient, somebody else is going to have to finish that off because he's running and getting the, the bowl. What I'm saying is, the Kohen Gadol has to do everything. And so without him, we can't, the show cannot go on. He's, right, he, he is um, the number one player here with, with very little supporting actors. So the... Uh, the, the backup is going to be very necessary. And so anyway, uh, not only is that backup is going to be necessary, but the fact that he's going to need to have a, a bias in Isha, if he, that ends up being his disqualification because his uh, wife, uh, God forbid, 
um, is no longer there, so then we're going to need to have a backup for her as well. Amru Lo, however, the Chachamim disagreed with Rabbi Yudah, and we have something unusual where the Mishnah shows the Hemshech of the discussion here. The Chachamim say to Rabbi Yudah, Im in the Sof. Right? They say to him that, how far are you going to take this? You're going to have a thousand wives? I mean, at a certain point, you have to just say that it's very, very unlikely. As Simon Wolf points out, statistically, if you are an actuary, like Jason Freudenbergerson, you know that two people dying within that short period of time is astronomically different than just one person, right? One person, you can like sort of show it on a map. Well, this is the statistical, and it could happen. Two becomes super unlikely. What if, they're, what if it's a pandemic? That's a good question. But be that as it may, that is the machlokas. There's more to say, but it is a dafyomi, so we've already uh, given some background. Machlokas Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, we obviously do not paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, but um, uh, we are not going to set up the, the extra wife, but that is in fact the shita that, will, that, is going, that is mentioned in the Mishnah. And because this is Talmud Bavli, where every... Hava Amina is also analyzed, just like every Allahic Maskana. We will discuss that further later in the Gemara as well. Without further ado, we'll now proceed with the Gemara as following. The Mishnah is going to talk about the precedence for this quarantine. As the Mishnah says, it's not Hatam, awesome. We learn in the Mishnah in Masechus Para. This has to do with the Para Duma. Says the Mishnah in Masechus Para, Shivas Yomim Kodim Sreifas Para. Well, there is a ceremony and a preparation for this ceremony having to do with the Paraduma. What was that ritual? Well, first of all, we know about the Paraduma, right? Zozchu Kasa Para. We purify people from Tumas Meis. Okay, people and objects. Metame Tehorim, Metame Tehorim, Metahir Tameim, right? It's Metahir Tameim. And you need to find this super unique Paraduma, very hard to find indeed. The parameters already somewhat discussed. And you have to shecht it and then burn it. The coin does so. Where? On Har Zesim. This is a very unusual carbon. This is not a carbon that's done in the base of Mikdash. It's very, very unique. It's done on Har Zesim. That in itself is very noteworthy. Now, beyond that, there's more avoda to it. This is all described, by the way, in Sefer Bamidbar. Look at Perakutas. Get started on that, the first 20 or so psukim, and it'll all be right there for you in the Chumash itself. The Kohen is dipping his finger into the blood of the Paraduma, sprinkling it right seven times towards the Heichal, so he's spritzing it over there during the Dam towards the Heichal, and then they, have the, then they burn the Para, and then those ashes are mixed with spring water, which we actually discussed, the spring water used for Paraduma um, to, in, in um, Shkalim a little bit. You have that mixture... And then that's what you sprinkle. Okay, so you do, you, how do you arrive at this concoction? So seven days before the Sreyfus Sapara says the Gemara, So there too we have a coin. He's going to be doing the, uh, this avoda. And we take him out of his house, because he's going to want to do that paraduma ceremony in Harzaisim. And we take him out of his house. There, we don't put him necessarily in the Pahedrin, we put him in a different. What's this Alpea Bira? Bira is a machlokas, whether it's the actual whole area or whether it's that section in the base of Mikdash. Um, be that as it may, we take him to a specific section that's Safona Mizracha. It's a northeast corner of the Chatzar. Why is that? Well, it's 
that's explained. That's explained here by, by Rashi and the Rambam. Um, it basically has to do with uh, an analogy, in a sense, or to the fact that Tzafon is really where these shechitas uh, would normally be taking place, and Mizrach is closest to where the actual ceremony took place over there, off to the east at Harzesim. But be that as it may, that's the northeast corner. And that chamber was called Lishkas Besa Even, the stone house. Okay, it's called stone house. Fine. Now, uh, let's ask a couple of details about that Mishnah part. Says the Gemara. Why would it be called stone house? Says the Gemara. Shekol Maaseya Bichle Glolim Chle Avonim Chle Adama. That all of the these is really as Simon Wolf points out the preparatory. Uh, procedures, not the actual Hakarvas uh, Akarban later, but the preparatory procedures were all done with utensils that cannot become tummy, made out of dung, stone, or unbaked clay. Uh, what would be the reason for that? Asks the Gemara. My timer, says the Gemara. Kema de Tvul Yom Kasha So, an interesting reason. I'll say it outside first, then we'll read it inside. So, it goes as follows The Paraduma could, in theory, be uh, the, all, all this avoda could be done by what's called the tful yom. We've discussed this at some great length. We need Kalman Feldman here for uh, all the tuma issues, but we know that tuma is mitigated at a certain point. All, all, when we talked about, remember, we talked about Rishon, Shani, Shlishi, Ravi, Chamishi, Latuma. We had all of those discussions uh, in Psachim. So when we were discussing the levels of tuma. We said that certain levels of tuma can be handled by a tvul yom. Certain avodas can be done by a tvul yom. A tvul yom has already dunked in the mikvah, but has not yet had a hair of shemesh. The sun hasn't set down yet, and he hasn't, it, it hasn't become the next day yet. So because it hasn't become the next day yet, he can already do some things, but he can't do everything. He's not considered fully tahar. Well, what's going on here? So the halacha is midera banan. Okay, well, um, we say that certain things he can't do, certain things he cannot do. So the paraduma, the service of the paraduma, this is all explained by Rashi, can be done um, by a tvulyom. That is that is interesting. We're going to learn that and daf mem gimel mebeis. Okay, so that can be done. So that's a good thing. However, the tzedukim who were prevalent in the area at the time, they were saying that they cannot, that the Tvulyom cannot do it. Okay, so why, so why does that all matter? So the reason it matters is because we wanted to always show them up. We wanted to affirm the koach of the Chachamim, affirm the koach of Chazal. And because we wanted to affirm that and exert the koach of Chazal, we would make sure that anything that the Tzedukim would argue against, we would just show them that we are so Right, losasar yamin small. We're so beholden to the chachamim that we we're not buying any of the tzduki stuff. And listen to how far that went. It went so far as to take this kohen. Now, mind you, this is a kohen that we're separating out for a week prior to him bringing the korban, so that what? So that it be, be not become tame. Okay. Um, and then what do we do? Something astonishing. We intentionally metame him, intentionally metame him so that he can 
go to the mikvah and become a tvilyom and do the service as a tvilyom. Just to show the uh, tzedukim that we, how strong we are in the belief of the halacha as laid out by Chazal. Now, what does any of this have to do with stoneware? Well, the reason that's important is because in order to show that the reason why we're allowing this individual to do, right, this Kohen, to do the Avodah Batumah as a Tvulyom, in a lower level of Tumah, is not because we're lax with this Avodah of Parvaduma. The reason is not because we are casual about it. On the contrary, we're very vigilant about it. And so to emphasize our vigilance and to show that we're not doing this out of a sense of casualness at all, but rather out of just to show up the Tzedukim and to affirm our belief in the Chazal, that is why we go extra mile on everything else and use only things that could not be Mechabal Tumah in the rest of the Avodah. And so that is why we use those Avonim. That's why it's called the Beis Evan. And now we can read that inside. Amazing. So a lot of, a lot of amazing aspects to it, just the lengths to which we go. Imagine we're intentionally being Metame, this guy, uh, just to show something up to the Tzedukim. There is a Machlok, is how we're Metame, or Metame, or Derbanan. What do we do? We bring him a Sharetz, uh, in contact with him. A very interesting discussion in its own right. The Bida is made, it's none. We learned in a Mishnah in Masechus Para. Metame, how you are coin, sorry for Sapara. We would take this coin, sorry for Sapara. Uh, did I read the first part? Let's see. My time, what's the reason that only those stone um, utensils were used? Because as we just described, a tvulyom is kosher to do the, that kohen, that is a tvulyom is kosher to do the avoda of the para. Ditznan, as we mentioned in Masech, para. They would intentionally be matame, the kohen, who would do that avoda of burning the para, umat bilin so, and then we dunk him in the mikvah. Lahotzi milban sheltzdukin to negate miliban sheltzdukin rather to negate the liban sheltzdukin negate their point of view. Shayu omrim b'meorive Hashem eshaisenases. They would read the pasuk and say that the avoda of the para was can only be performed by kohanim who what who were meorive shemesh who had erev shemesh and that was based on right. The pasuk, okay, but we say that our our uh, understanding of the pasuk based on the chazal is different, and so for a deeper discussion of, of that, you can look at Rav Yosef Engel's Ben Paras, whether it was Darabanan or Daraisa. It already gets very intense here, uh, right? Why the Pnei Yeshua discusses why Dafka, the one who burned the para, as opposed to the Kohanim who performed other of the ser- services. This is this is already. A very interesting idea. Hopefully it'll be halakhul soon. But be as it may, tzedukim not as strong as they were. I guess we did our job. Um, but takinu le'rabanan, so that is what's going on. Now again, as we described, the Gemara goes on to say that because of the fact that we were uh, allowing ourselves to benetame him and use him, this tvul yom, as the person to burn the para, for that reason, says the Gemara, takinu le'rabanan, kle galalim, kle abanim, kle adama. That's why they made an additional takana to um, back it up on the back end of using the dung stone or clay for the kalim, the loli kabla tuma. So the, those are kalim that are not mekabla tuma, and therefore kihechi the loli So we want, we don't want anybody to take this lightly and be casual about it. But on the other hand, we do want lahotzi miliban shel Okay. Now 
Another detail regards that Mishnah is, why are we doing it in the northeast corner, as we mentioned before? Says the Gemara, Maish not Tzvan and Gemara answers, Kevadachatasi. Well, since the carbon uh, is technically a carbon chatas, albeit a super unusual one, right? It's uh, being done in Harzesim of all places. However, if it were a normal carbon chatas, it would be chatas to Unatzvana, normally it would be shechted in the north. Chsiv ba el nochach pnei ohel mared. And concerning the paraduma, the psukim that described that says that what? That we sprinkle the dam towards the front of the Almoid, which in this case is the, is the base of Mikdash, which the entrance, front entrance door of which is on the east side, as we've learned recently in, uh, in the end of Shkalim. So therefore, we're on Harzasim, we're due east of the base of Mikdash, and we're sprinkling towards the east. And because of the fact that it's a chatas, which implies north, and it's the paraduma, after all, which implies east, so therefore, interesting reason. So they said, let's institute the northeast chamber over here for the quarantine as a sort of mnemonic, as a memory device. As a memory device to serve a reminder that this is in fact the chatas in the north and the uh, the is in the east, and so it's sort of a symbolism or a mnemonic uh, for the for those halachas. Very nice. The Gemara then asks, "My bira, what, what's going on with bira? What do we mean by bira?" So, that that was a certain place. I said I think that there was a machlokas rishonim. I might have been recalling this was machlokas in the Gemara that one. Rabbi Yochanan was quoted as saying that it was a place in the Harabais, that the entire area, basically, is called Bira Shanamar, Habira Asher Chinosi. Right? That's a Pasuk over there where David Amelech is, is uh, praying um, that, uh, that he wants his son Shlomo to build the base of Mikdash. This is recorded in Divir Yamim. And certainly when he's referring to Habira there, he's not referring to some, some uh, strange, uh, some, some uh, obscure place, but rather the entire base of Mikdash. Okay. So as we continue in the Gemara, uh, we talked about the quarantine of the Paradumi Kohen Gadol, and, uh, Kohen rather, and our, our Yom Kippur Kohen Gadol. What is the precedence for the seven-day quarantine, right? The two might be the same, but that doesn't mean that we know where this whole practice came from. So that's where we get to our calendrical coincidence. Says the Gemara, where do we learn this whole idea of the seven-day sequestration? The Gemara says, Right? This is the Miluim, as we discussed. Right? We just said in the previous Pasuk to that uh, we're describing the Meloim in Vayikra that for seven days the Kohanim needed to be um, quarantined in the Mishkan before they did the Meloim uh, for the very first time on the eighth day. And so that Pasuk says that procedure, and as Rashi points out, that is what we do as well. Uh, okay, so that was in the Meloim. Mm-hmm. Question is, well, so the precedence is in the Meloim. Why do we take that the Miluim, right, was like the first time anybody did Avoda ever. So that's, that's a good thing, and that's a good precedent, but why would we only apply it to Yom Kippur, you see? This is unique. We don't do this for Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So why Dafka Yom Kippur? 
So you'll say, well, the mission says that we have an extra reason. So maybe that's the reason. But the Gemara is going to analyze this a little bit further. That becomes a little bit of a theme here. So let's see. So Amar Krak, That's what the Pasuk says. Now, La'asos elu para. That refers to para. Achaper elu yom kippurim. So we pick apart this Pasuk by the Korban Meluim, by the Achana for the Meluim, and we say, of the Bnei Aaron, who were bringing like the very first Korbanos in their inauguration, and we say, well, look at this. We have words like La'asos and Achaper. So La'asos must mean anything to do with the para. That's how we get that precedent for Paraduma, and the Chaper must mean Yom Kippur, because that is in fact what Yom Kippur is. Uh-huh. So the Gemara says, well, I understand that the entire Pasuk can't be referring to the Para, because Lachaper Ksiv. That's very unique. It says Lachaper. So it must be referring to Yom Kippur. And the Para itself is not going to be providing the Kapara. So that, that I understand. Right, but the fact that it says lechaper aleichem, so that would imply that the quarantine should only apply in Yom Kippur. And so the Gemara is asking, where do we learn, right, this precedent for para aduma? In other words, the word kapara was a really good answer. Lechaper aleichem sounds like that's the only other time you'll need to do it, Yom Kippur. So where do we come up with para? So the Gemara answers, Ami Yolaf Tziva Tziva. Uh-huh. Says the, the Gemara, the Pasuk says the word Tziva Hashem. Well, uh, just like we say over here, that's what the Pasuk that we brought by the Miluim says. And Ksiv Hasam and by Paraduma, look at the Pasuk carefully. Well, that was also Tziva Hashem. That was a special Tziva, remember. Right, we said it's like the ultimate Chok because it makes no sense. It's Metaher Tameim and Metaher Taharim. And so Asher Tziva Hashem, Tziva Hashem, Bada Bing, Bada Boom. Now, Says the Gemara, Malahalan para, Afkan para, Umakan prisha, Afkan prisha. So since Asher Tziva Hashem appears both in the Pasuk of the Midluim and in the Paraduma, so, so just like uh, both of them have the para, so too both of them should have the prisha as they did in the Midluim, and that's why we do the prisha for the Paraduma as well. As we turn to Bez Amid Bez, uh, the Gemara asks, Tziva Tziva the Yom Kippurim. Well, it also says Kasher Tziva Hashem as Moshe by Yom Kippur. So the fact that it says Kasher Tziva Hashem doesn't really take it out of our initial notion that it was only referring to Yom Kippur. Because we have a Tziva Hashem and Kapara in the Pasuk. So why in the world, when you already have it in the context of Kapara, why would you think that it also has to do with the uh, Paraduma? To this... Tosfos blows up. The Eimatziva Tziva Yom Kippur asks a lot of questions on this question. Apparently, this is not so simple. The Im Toimar, the very top line, Tosfos Lishni Im Kain Kohani Kroy Lamali Tziva Lasos Lachaper. A lot, a lot of questions regarding this. This is not uh, apparently a very straightforward question. There's a lot to be uh, said for how these limudim work that, that the Gemara is kind of skipping over. Tosfos does not gloss over it. Tosfos gets deep into when you can and cannot use portions of the psukim in order to make these kinds of questions. I encourage anyone who's interested in that to take the opportunity to, uh, we have the extra days, to read that Tosfos inside. Even though we've already arrived at Daf Beis, we do have to finish 
within our allotted time. Uh, so we will proceed. I don't want to take too much of Barry's time if he's listening to it in shul, because uh, we've already over the half hour mark. So we got a we got a book. So be that as it may, that is essentially the question that Siva Hashem also appears by Yom Kippur, just as it does by Paraduma. So the Gemara answers Dan in Siva Dilifne Asiya. We say the the answer is that. So again, the Tosfos, by the way, incidentally takes all of these answers that the Gemara is about to give now and sort of like incorporates it into the original question. So in other words, the question itself could be a standalone problematic once you get the answers and you say that that was implied in the question, so then already you have uh, a little bit of a more better understanding of how that question could be asked. Be that as may, the Gemara says, don't right? In other words, Asher Tziva Hashem in the context of the Paraduma was before they did it. Mitziva Dilifne Asiya, right? Ve'en don't Tziva Dilachar Asiya, Mitziva delifne asiyah, right? So what's going on here is the tziva la'achar asiyah cannot be learned for the tziva, so, the tziva lifne asiyah. So in the Pesukim by Paraduma, tziva is written before the instructions on how to do the mitzvah. It says this is the halacha that Hashem said to do, saying, right, this is what you should do, right? Um, that, that, is, that can be used for the Gzeir Shava. For the Yom Kippur by us, when it's talking about us says Hashem commanded it to do it, and then it says about Yom Kippur, and that's what Aaron did, like Hashem commanded. That was after the fact. So that is, those two are not to to do to to have the action before and after the actual commandment is not really the way Zerushev works. Now it could be, but in this context, the Misara was that it is not. Okay. Maybe Tziva is referring to other. Uh, Karbanas, right? We said that the Tziva must be talking about, right, the uh, Paraduma. But there's others. It says, Beyom Tzavaso, that he commanded all the Karbanas. So why is it only referring to Paraduma and Kibber again? So it says, the answer is done in Tziva, Mitziva, Bein Darin Tzavoso, Mitziva. Well, the word Tzavoso isn't exactly the word Tziva. And so when we have the word Tziva appearing twice, we are going to only use it to elsewhere where it has the word identical, not where it has some sort of permutation of the word. That's not, that's not something that we're going to extrapolate. However, the Gemara asks to that, Umay naf kamina. Why does it matter whether it says Siva or Tzavasa? After all, this is something that you're going to see over and over and over again in Shas. V'hatana uh, Rabbi Shmuel. this is a brysa in the name of Rabbi Shmuel that is somewhat famous, where it says V'shav ha-koin this is when the coin goes back and forth with regards to checking the tzaras uh, ceremony. Um, so when he's doing that, it says Shavuba said the uh, the brisa zuhi shiva zuhibia that the two psukim mean the same thing. In other words, he's coming back and forth, he's traveling back and forth, and even though it says opposite words, he's coming, he's going, he's coming, he's going. Either way, he's going, he's coming. Whatever, he's, it's the same thing. Aha, says the Gemara, no, 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 no. Hamili hecha de lekadamila. Yes, of course, you can, in fact, take Xer Shavas, and they don't always have to be exact, exact in terms of the wording. And certainly, the difference between Siva and Savoso is different, is even closer. It's less of a difference than Shav and Ba, which are like night and day. But it's only in the absence of a real Gezer Shava that's identical that we allow ourselves to have these looser Gezer Shavas. That's what the Gemara says here. When you don't have other more identical Gezer Shavas, then we're going to go with these looser ones. 
But here where you have tzav tzav, tziva tziva, exact, we're only going to learn from that which is similar. We're not going to learn from the one that is different, even if it is a little bit of a permutation, less of a, per, of a difference than Shavan Vav, but it's a difference nonetheless, and we already have an identical Xer Shava, and therefore it is only with this identical Xer Shava that we're going to learn, and so the Pasuk of the Miluim is only going to be extrapolated to Yom Kippur and to Paraduma with respect to the seven-day quarantine. Okay. Now the second half of what Yochanan said says as follows, L'chaper elu Yom Kippur. Okay, so L'chaper is where we learn Yom Kippur. So Gemara says, wait a minute. I can understand how L'chaper does allude to Yom Kippur. That's not a bad point, but Ve'ema kapar the karbonus. But maybe karbonus also. After all, what is the whole point of karbonus? In a certain sense, many karbonus are offered as a form of kapar. Are they not? Not only the Yom Kippur karbonus. We always have a right korban uh, that's mechaper. So the truth is, on Shabbos, we don't have a korban chatas, but every other day of the uh, we do. Every other yantiv we, we do, certainly. And Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so the Gemara says, Why do we know? We, in other words, do we know which coin is going to require the prisha? So first of all, how do we say that in other words, follow me, follow me with this, right? If you can tell me that the carbonas are going to, all the carbonas are in fact going to be relevant with regards to that pasuk, and therefore every time you bring a carbon that has a kapara, you're go, you want to apply this seven day quarantine. So what are you going to say? Everybody's going to quarantine? Is that even a thing? Um, that doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara answers, Amri, alama lo, why not? We have situations where everybody needs to quarantine. Let's quarantine the entire Beisav. Right? We've had situations where an entire family has one person that has to bring the Korban, or one person is exposed, so to speak, and the entire family quarantines. That's a thing. To which the Gemara says, No. So the reason is not because we, we don't believe in quarantine. The reason is because we have something that's Kavuah's man like Yom Kippur. It needs to be one of the Mo'adim, as we say, right? It needs to be one of the times that come at a fixed time of the year. Uh, and therefore, it can only be the Yom Kippur. We learn that, Midavr Shekavuah from the eighth day, the Miluim, the once in a lifetime thing. Uh, that event teaches Yom Kippur. Lafuke Karbanas, the Chol Yoma Isnu. And so, the, so it has to be just like the Yom Miluim, that special eighth day was a very special day indeed, and a unique one, so it has to be a day that's special in the year. So it can only be one of what we call the Mo'adim. Now, of course, you can say, well, how, how does that work with Paraduma? So let's see. Uh, first we say, Ve'ema Regalim. So you say, okay, so if you're gonna say it's the Regalim, say it's one of the Regalim. The Gemara says, no, Donin Davar Shinoik Pa Machas Bishana, Midavar Noik Pa Machas Bishana. Yom Kippur is unique. Yom Kippur is only once a day. Uh, once a year, rather. Even Rosh Hashanah, you have two days of Rosh Hashanah. Everything else, right? Shavuos. Wait a minute. Well, why can't we do those? So let's see what the Gemara says. You see? The Regalim, we don't have any examples where they're just once a year. And therefore, since Yom Kippur is once a year, and the Milun are once a year, so we do Yom Kippur. That's the only other time that we need this quarantine. To which the Gemara says, Wait a minute. But 
you say the Pasuk is talking to one regal. But maybe there's others that are one regal. How so? Well, it could be Pesach, or the Pasuk about Kasuk Tchila. When it says one specific day, maybe it doesn't really mean one specific day. Maybe it just means one specific regal. Like, I'll accept that it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but it could be like a regal that extends for a larger period of time in the Savamina. And if that were so, then I have better candidates. Like, which is your favorite holiday in the year? So matzah, we just, we just uh, finished Pesach. That's a good one. That's the first one of the year. With that Pesach, everything is Zechel and That's a great candidate. Or maybe Sukkot, because all this paraphernalia... An extra carbonos, incredible amount of par and island and, and all this, all this uh, fanfare and um, and all these extra paraphernalia with the with the with the sukkah and the dalminim. So maybe that's a good one. My answer is now. We're not going to use any of these major seven day holidays as examples. We know that those are your favorite times of the year, uh, especially in Eretz Yisrael. But we're not going to use those times of the year as the days that you have to do the quarantine, because after all, the young moon was only one day, and so is Yom Kippur one day, so we're only doing one day holidays. Okay, but ain't done in Prisha Shiva le Shiva, and Prisha Shiva le Yom Echad. We're not going to extend Prisha Shiva to Shiva, uh, we're only going to extend it to Yom Echad the way it was in the original Malum, to which the Gemara asks, uh, so the one that the Gemara wants to single out here is Shemini Atzeres. What's unique about Shemini Atzeres? It's one day. Kasher light pridaschem. The Prishas Shiva liyom echadu. That is one day. Says the Gemara. Don in davar she'ein kedusha lefanov be davar she'ein kedusha lefanov. Now, difference is Yom Kippur only has the Aseres Yom Tshuva before it, which are Yom Echol. The Shemini Atzeres is not like Yom Kippur, and, and that's by the way similar to the Yom Miluim that were Yom Echol, as opposed to Shemini Atzeres, which is not preceded by Yom Echol. Right, it's preceded by Sukkot, the Yom Tov of Sukkot. You can't compare Shemini Atzeres to Yom Kippur. Aha. Because Shemini Atzeres has something, Kedusha Lefana. As the Gemara says, Don in Davr She'en Kedusha Lefana, V'davr She'en Kedusha Lefana, V'ein Don in Davr She'yesh Kedusha Lefana, like Shemini Atzeres, M'davr She'en Kedusha Lefana. The Gemara, however, says, V'lav Kal V'chomerhu, wait a minute. If you're going to do Prisha in Yemei Chol, prior in anticipation of the Yemei Milun, wouldn't you say that the one that makes the most sense to prepare for with a prisha would be, in fact, Shemini Atzeres? In other words, it's higher Kedusha, even more incentive for prisha, as the Gemara says. Now, the Gemara says, you see that that which is preceded by Yemei Chol, you're going, to need, you're going to need prisha. So certainly, certainly Shemini Atzeres would need so. To which the Gemara defends, I'm Rabbi Shashel, lo. No. It says, like you did on this day, Kazet, right? When you're talking about the Pasuk, the original Pasuk that we quoted above, right? The, the entire Pasuk was, right, that it should be Kazet. This is in Vayikra Ches. Let's read that inside. Where's the Pasuk? Uh-oh. Uh, Vayikra Ches. And I lost it. Um, yeah. Vikra Cheslamidalat, Kashet Asa, Bayom Hazet, 
Tziva Hashem Lasos Lachaper Lechem. So we have the Tziva Hashem, we have the Kasher Asa, we have the Chaper Lechem, and we also have Bayom Hazeh. So we've officially picked apart the Pasuk um, completely. Kayom Hazeh, it has to be like that day. So yeah, you want to make that Kalvachomer, but the Pasuk is telling you no. Just because it has Kedusha before it doesn't make it more of a candidate, it makes it less of a candidate because it's less similar to the Yimei Miluim. Now, the Gemara says a second reason, this is where we're going to pick up tomorrow, the second reason uh, for why Shemini Atzeres is not a good candidate, because of Rashi Amar, Mi'ika midedika regal lo prisha. Can you say that the main regal doesn't require prisha? Tafel didei bai prisha. That which is tafel to it is going to require prisha. What's tafel? We say, well, Shemini Atzeres, according to this uh, opinion of Rashi, is kind of like the after party to Sukkot. But Sukkot is the party. So Shemini Atzeres is tafel. That's, that's not going to be a thing. And then the Gemara says, not everybody holds that. There is an opinion. Shemini Atzeres is a Yatzebif Neatzmo. Says the Gemara, even if you hold that Shemini Atzeres is a regular in its own right, and is therefore, right, and there's a lot of Allah, maybe we'll pick up with that tomorrow. But even if you say that Shemini Atzeres is a regular in its own right, then honey me li inyan pazar kashav. Shemini Atzeres is only a regal in its own right with respect to the six things uh, indicated by the mnemonic, Pazar Kashav, which we'll discuss tomorrow. Avala inyan tashlumim, tashlumim de rishon hu. But inyan tashlumim, it's not going to be, which is to say, it's a regular, even if you say it's a regular fneatzma, it's not going to be relevant to this issue of the sequestration, which Bezrat Hashem we will pick up with tomorrow.